Welcome to Round Tone Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Hey, Ed. How are you, Leslie? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome back, everybody, to Round Tone Radio. So we are approaching Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving approacheth. Um, still working out the whole menu, which is where I start from my (laughs) approach there. But it puts us in mind, doesn't not, of the word gratitude. It does. And grateful. Uh And thanksgiving. Right. It's in the name. All those powerful words. Those are powerful words. And powerful practices. I think that uh, in recent years especially, um, there's more of an understanding that gratitude is a practice. Uh Uh-huh. And we may or may not feel like being grateful sometimes, but the practice of doing that anyway brings us back to center, connects us with the power of life and living. Yes. And so I think that's, as we as we sail closer to the harbor of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it does feel a little bit like a harbor, right? After especially everything that the world has gone through for two and a half plus years. Right. Um, that we're that we're entering this space and it's a great time just to think about it. Yes. And I think you and I in our sort of pre-show conversations. Yes. Uh we're discussing that gratitude <laughs> might um not be working out. Say it. Say it's, it like it is. You know, I well <laughs> The funny thing was, I'll back up for a moment. I was reading uh, my daughter a book today mm. called The ABCs of Kindness. Oh. It's never too early to start. Uh, and G turns out, G is for gratitude. I have my phone here because I took a picture when I was reading it to her today. G is for gratitude. Oh. Remembering things to be grateful for every night. Mm-hmm. And I will say the illustrator decided that things were also people. Oh, interesting. Which I, I appreciate good. it because there's pictures. I'll put it on the screen if I remember when I'm editing this. Um, there's sweet illustrations of kids' faces. Um, but I did remember sitting there going, remembering things. Things. And I, you know, this is also a kid's book, so it's a sort of simplified language. But but still. It seems like gratitude is often thing-central. Right. I think Centric. that's well said. And I think that was our... Topic of our conversation, right? Yes. The phrase we, that we often hear is, you know, be grateful for the things you have. Right. Right. And I'd happened to mention that recently I had an opportunity to have a conversation with some younger people who went around the, the circle and um, we were having a class together and, you know, just thinking about gratitude. And uh, everyone mentioned a thing mm. for which they were grateful. So I said, well, let's just think about all of the thing, you know, all those things you mentioned what what might have been missing and someone said people oh and um so it's it sounds subtle it sounds like something that might not be a big deal right. but it can be a big deal right because i think that the heart if it's been said and there's a beautiful book by this title that gratefulness is the heart of prayer gratefulness is, is the, the heart, heart of, of prayer. prayer right so okay. that in one sense you know, at the, maybe at the start of every prayer is this sense of gratitude that we're in relationship, you know, yeah. we can reach out to the mystery, the holy mystery, mm-hmm. and uh, the mystery reaches back to us. Mm-hmm. So that's really at the heart of it. That's not a thing. 
It is not. That's a connection. Yes. Right. And uh, I, I remember many years ago, I lived in a community that uh, brought to it a man named William Damon, who had just written a book called Greater Expectations. And the, basically the theme of the book was we were expecting so much from our children, in particular, by way of success, academic success, uh -huh. that we'd kind of bypassed a little bit of the character issue along the way. Sure. Right? Some of the deeper, maybe more important things in, in life. And so he described, so we brought him to the community. He'd written this best-selling book, and the place was packed out, by the way. Mm -hmm. And he said, he, he described a Thanksgiving experience where he had gone with his family. They were going to this huge Thanksgiving. They had all these people. And he said, you know what? Let's, let's just take a pause for a moment. Let's be thankful, uh, offer gratitude for the people who've made us who we are, you know, who've helped us along the way. Uh -huh. That could be for just, maybe it was a moment or maybe it was a lifelong relationship. And, uh, basically his family said to him, can we just eat? <laughs> Good. And I think, I think, I think he said, you know what, my, my, here's the lesson for the day. My work is done. You yeah. Know? Case in point. Yeah. Thank to, you for illustrating what right. I was saying. <laughs> so I think there's a shift from, instead of being grateful for, we can be grateful for much, no of question course. about it. Of right. Course. The material, um, support that we have in so many different ways, of course. but at the heart of life, we keep hearing it's about relationships and you have been at a fair number of memorial services over the years where you have right, right. played music for them and I've presided at them. Right. I, I you know, I, I've never heard anyone stand up to memorialize, to remember someone and say, you know, this person had, was so grateful for his or her things. Right. This was the connection we had. These are the things we did together. Mm -hmm. This was the quality of our connection. Mm -hmm. This is how this person mentored me. And I just, I don't want to lose that. I like that. It puts me in mind of that saying, I believe it's something like, uh, aim for having a great obituary, not a great resume. Oh yeah. Right. Which I, I, you know, it, it's a priority. Right. What thing, what would people say? Right. And, uh, about again, about the quality of the relationship. Yeah. And I have listened to so many words of remembrance over the years where I have heard someone speak about a friend and this may have been in, in an instance where I never actually knew the person who mm -hmm. died, but had been asked to preside at the service, right? yeah. as we often are involved in that way. And I've walked away from those services thinking, what an amazing person mm. um, because of how attentive she was and supportive and available or imaginative, whatever it was. That's the, that's the dream, I think. Yeah. And uh, I don't want us to lose that. I love that. And I think, I think there's been a lot of conversation, at least, especially in sort of my generation around emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think speaking in generalizations and I only of course speak for myself, but seeing a lot of, of, you know, I, like you said, a lot of focus on success, mm -hmm. a lot of focus on achievement, mm -hmm. a lot of focus on, um, yeah, both those things. <laughs> Pretty much that that says it all. And then and then sort of those kids growing up being adults, now becoming parents, going, I think I'd like to do that a little bit differently. Right. And value uh 
bringing emotional intelligence, mental health is a big thing mm-hmm. to the forefront. And I think that's stemming from a place, again, only speaking for myself, of of wanting deeper, greater relationships, mm-hmm. wanting deeper, greater connections. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as as a generation where we have grown up with technology mm-hmm. and as a connectivity tool, which always makes me laugh, we are greater, more disconnected than ever. Goodness yeah. knows the pandemic didn't help. Yes. Um, yeah. But we are always, you know, are, are like... Our adult pacifiers of our cell phones are never far from our hands. What a phrase. Isn't it awful? But upsettingly true. (laughs) Um, And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a yearning for real connection. Yeah. Um, In a world where you get to be in your 30s and you care a little less about the, the resume. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, that doesn't really, don't, nobody's checking that right now. I, I don't care. Right. Does that really affect my day-to-day life other than feeding my family adequately? Mm-hmm. Um, but what does affect your everyday life is the connections and the relationships that, you know, and how we affect people and how people affect us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really beautifully said. Um, on November the 1st, um, there was an All Saints Day service in the little cemetery uh, that's in the back country of Greenwich. It's been a long-standing tradition, and one of the persons who's been in this community for a very long time walked with me around the cemetery and pointed to some of the different headstones and named the people who are buried there and said, oh, I remember when she, and then told a story. And we kind of went from, you know, one, one place to the next. And I thought, here's this extraordinary web of connectedness that's actually, um, it's, it's across time, Mm -hmm. still connecting people, Mm -hmm. um, from the distant past to the present. And those are deep, abiding friendships. And I, I think, um, you know, I can remember with, uh, older members of my family talking about important relationships from the past that no longer existed because the other person had died, Mm -hmm. but talking about them as if they were just sitting in the room. Right. And so they were still, uh, giving pleasure and joy and satisfaction. And I think that is a wonderful thing. Right. And so, Coming up on Thanksgiving, it can be a, a, a time to really savor the relationships, to really put that at the center right? and, um, and recognize, yes, we are supported in so many ways uh, materially, but we are, we have such great need of the community around us. For sure. And so let's uh, find a way to celebrate that. And I think it's worth saying out loud in case anyone feels like it's just them, um, that Thanksgiving can sometimes be difficult. Mm. Um, the expectation of the sort of Norman Rockwell Mm -hmm. painting, Mm -hmm. is it a painting? It is a painting. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Uh, the Norman Rockwell image of just like the perfect Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. where everyone looks like Everyone likes each other in the family. And I think... Wait, what? I know. I know. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's worth just saying out loud, like, not everyone's family looks like that. I don't know anyone's family that looks like that. And that's okay. Yeah. And and 
we're all doing our best. You know, I love what there's a comment in the New Testament where someone says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like <laughs> cracked pots. Cracked pots. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, families are so uh, complex and multiplex and everything else, right? There are a lot. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, another shout out to my millennial brethren and sister <laughs> that uh, the advent of Friendsgiving Mm. I'm a big mm. fan of Friendsgiving. Yeah. Um, as a person who has deep friendships that feel like family connection to uh -huh. me or kind of fill a space there, um, I think Friendsgiving is great. I'll um, just share one story. I, I'm hoping I have his name correct, but I think there, there's a Jesuit priest, I think he's a Jesuit, uh, whose name is Gregory Boyle. Okay. I'm hoping I have his name correct, but he's done a lot of work with... Uh, particularly young men who have been affiliated with various gangs mm -hmm. in uh, San Francisco, or actually, no, in Los Angeles, and uh, has brought a lot of them together in ways that they thought would never be possible, and uh, formed an industry with them. So they're, you know, they're also finding a way to, to work and gain some new skills. And he happened to talk with one member of one gang. And he said, so this was after Thanksgiving. He said, so what did you do for Thanksgiving? And mm -hmm. he said, well, I got together with, and he named off a bunch of people who were not his friends or had not been his friends. Uh -huh. But he said, yeah, we bought a turkey and then we just shoved it in the oven. <laughs> and, and we sat around for about four hours. That's how I cook. <laughs> and, and then we figured it's got to be done by now. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> Took it out and ate it and, uh, you know, survived. So it, something must have worked. I'm sure it was great. But I just had this great image of these, you know, young guys hanging or sitting in the kitchen with this thing cooking, <laughs> cooking in the oven. I think it was for, like this was their first time cooking a turkey. And for, for people who have cooked turkeys, there was always that first time when, oh, you, yeah. when you do it. And, um, and the friendships that started to form around mm -hmm. that. I just thought that was a great story. But again, I love story. that, you know, the Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. Part of that. I think that releases something, hmm. um, expectation mm -hmm. perhaps, or um, you and I, I was mentioning to you the other day that I feel like disappointment happens when expectation and reality are too far <laughs> apart. Um, a gap. A, a gap. A chasm, <laughs> if you will. Um, and I think... For many, Thanksgiving has high expectations. Mm, I it, think our friend Norman Rockwell didn't help. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it's about it, a lot of these moments are about making sure my expectations are fair, mm -hmm. fair to the people that I will be spending time with mm -hmm. about where they are and who they are and what, um, whatever they have going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and fair to myself too, about what. I about how much patience I have and how much, and also, but also expecting more patience of myself too. Mm. That's always, that's always a struggle. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, through all of that, there's still like a little, the little compromises, right. That mm -hmm. have to be made and that, and that's part of creating the, the whole environment. Right. Right. And right. so it's kind of an expression of love and you know that certain things, always, some things always are done a certain way. Right. And you got to kind right. of roll with that. Um, yes. But I think that's uh, 
a beautiful attitude, you know, to think about. So what are the expectations I'm bringing to this? Right. And what's the true focus of it? And maybe the, maybe you have to find little places in there, right? Mm -hmm. Where yeah. you kind of clarify things for a while. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking about this year about uh, what things we can do ahead of time mm. with regards to the meal mm. so that the day of we're not heavily scattered. Because I have to keep, this is going to sound crazy. I have to keep reminding myself that I have a baby. <laughs> And that good uh, time-wise, yeah. uh, as I said, expectations. Speaking of energy, and yeah, and reality, uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I'm realistic about what I can contribute to this I situation. I love it, but I think I think we've got a good plan. <laughs> I've made a plan now. I feel better. <laughs> There's a wonderful line in a poem by T.S. Eliot where he says, "Human beings cannot bear very much reality." <laughs> That hits home. So, you that know, just yeah. kind of keep that on a piece of paper while you're <laughs> getting ready for the big day. Yeah, and... Can I get that like engraved oh, on something? Oh, of course you can. Just a, a, a medieval illumination. <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> Hand away with words. Hand away oh, with words. Indeed. So yeah, you said something when we were discussing uh, this topic that you said gratitude in the service of our therapeutic culture. Mm, what yeah. did you mean by that? Well, let's see. What did I mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes gratitude is used as like a quick reset um, instead of going deeper into a question okay. that we short circuit it by saying, well, be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Right. Or being grateful if we're if we're feeling out of sorts, let's say, mm -hmm. about the world. Uh, well, people generally speaking don't like to feel out of sorts. Sure. So one of the ways we use is like a quick reset or a way to ignore the fact we're feeling out of sorts. Say, well, you know what? Look, I really should be grateful mm -hmm. because X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a truth to that. I get that. But I also think that because we are a very therapeutic culture and everything in the end always comes back to, you know, me and how I'm feeling and right. so on. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and we want to be well, but sometimes getting well requires getting in touch with reality mm. and asking ourselves some questions about why are we not feeling well? Why am I out of sorts? Why is this, what is this feeling I'm carrying around with me? I said to someone recently, I just sometimes feel like I have such low energy and, and the person wisely said, so ask yourself the question, why, why is that so? Mm -hmm. I don't know, how does it relate to other things about my life that could be causing it? I think that we default too quickly to gratitude. Well, just look, look at the things you can be grateful for. Yeah. And then we gloss over these other deeper questions that might be requiring attention. And sooner sure. or later, they will pop up again. Right. And we can choose just to keep glossing it over. But I don't think that's a great use of gratitude. Yeah. Right. I think that it's using a very powerful force because gratitude is a force. It, right. it can be transformative, but it's using it in a way to bypass some moment where we really should be paying attention to something that's out of alignment in our lives right? or, or out of alignment in the world. Well, and like you were saying with gratitude being often connected to things, I think it's highlighting the fact that, I mean, money can't buy happiness, right? Yeah, you know, to, as with most of America, having a great deal of wealth in our country, mm -hmm. no matter you know where you are, but of course, particularly in this community, that 
that not everyone's walking around on cloud nine. No. And so being gra- grateful for that isn't really helping. <laughs> no, it's not a universal concept, right? right? It's not applicable universally. Sure. So it means that a huge percentage of the world's population are being forced all the time to use gratitude in a way that doesn't relate to material benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would, you know, it's it's a, a very different way of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, so this wonderful theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who lived prior to the Second World War, died at the end of the Second World War. But he said that uh, towards the end of the war, um, he was from Germany, and he said, you know, we, he said, we as a nation are being forced to view the world from below mm-hmm. now that, you know, the tide had really turned. And they were trying to think about, he was trying to think with others, how are we ever going to rebuild this nation? Yeah. And he said, there's value looking at it from below. And I think that so many people in the world are living with such scarcity mm-hmm. that uh, finding gratitude in those experiences is about looking for it in ways that are you know, kind of fundamentally not material or mm-hmm. not material much of the time. Sure. And, uh, but it can be through the quality of community that's experienced, the quality of wisdom that's passed along from one generation to another, um, you know, the quality of one's experience in nature, mm-hmm. all of those things. And that's what I would really love to see us elevate. And also <laughs> perhaps to be grateful for the people in our lives who challenge us to face the things we don't want to face. Mm. I think it was James Waldman who said, you know, we, uh, the lover has the same role as the artist. I have to help you. If I love you, I have to help you see the things you don't want to see. Mm. Well, we can be grateful that if we have people like that in our lives who are bringing our attention to the things we should be paying attention to. Yeah. Giving that focus. It puts me in mind of the early part of the pandemic when we were all sort of locked away Mm. and staying safe, being isolated. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people that created a very difficult Mm. time with mental health because it sort of didn't have much else to do but face yourself. Goodness, yeah. Spend a lot of time with yourself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And if that's not our thing, that can be very... I think two episodes ago I was telling Shannon it it didn't go well. It was not my favorite time. <laughs> you know, we talk about alone time, but there are things about having too much alone time. Yes, especially if you're an extrovert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and and I think digging, like you were saying, digging into that and not having, not using gratitude to gloss over or distract mm-hmm. um, and really looking at the causes of things or or what, um, yeah, keeping an eye on the, on the reality mm-hmm. and the expectations being in alignment. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Ed. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate this conversation today. Me too. And thank you all so much for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org.